Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, I am very excited to have two fabulous, soulful women here with me today in the podcast studio. I have, once again, the fabulous Rebecca Gibson, psychic to the stars, intuitive business coach, psychiatric nurse, just fabulous woman who has been on Hey Soul Sister a couple of times because she's so fascinating and gives us an insight into a whole other world. We're just trying to figure out. Hey, Beck. Hi, Mel. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Love having you here. Thanks for having me again. Again. And um, we have another visitor, Miss uh, special guest, Miss Susie Russell, who has also been on Hey Soul Sister before. Hey, Susie. Hi, Mel. So Susie is from the business Wellbeings and Co. She helps, what do you do, Susie, again? You help people that are going through a tough time? Yes, yeah. and just help them thrive in every aspect of their life. And wellbeing, as we know, is that holistic approach to living and being healthy. And Susie did share with me that she's an <laughs> intuitive empath and I was like girlfriend you need to get in here (laughs) and the reason why I have these two wonderful women with me in the studio studio is that I have become really curious around empaths because I'm seeing it a lot I'm seeing it um, in news pieces like online and on social media the term empaths and I think back when I've had readings with you before you've talked about um, empaths and I was like let's go there let's actually pull that a little part a bit because if I'm curious about what that actually means that I'm sure there are many of you soulful sisters out there who are also curious absolutely about what it means Beck let's start with you tell us what what is an empath so an empath is a person who feels the frequency of other people around them so it started out where people would feel the emotional frequency of people near them it's different from empathy so sympathy is very ego attached and sympathy is that oh i'm so glad that's not me have at it good luck to you so sorry for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) empathy is oh if that was me i would probably feel this way but an empath literally feels exactly what the other person's feeling and people can bring on physical pain from other people around them they can feel their emotional experience and a lot of people now are talking about empaths that are tuning into nature tuning into the earth tuning into animals and not just emotional frequency but frequency in general and so a lot of empaths are carrying around a lot of emotional baggage that didn't originate with them as well as pain and more and more studies are starting to come out and I just uh, was reading someone doing a doctorate the other day on empaths and rates of fibromyalgia and autoimmune disease and it's skyrocketed there was a really long wow yeah thing on Instagram and um, Facebook she'd posted wanting to interview people and I was surprised because I myself have those diagnoses I was surprised how many other empaths had all of these physical problems is that a little bit like um I don't know you I'm guessing you probably would be familiar with Louise Hay yes and she yes. wrote remember she wrote that book mm. you can heal your life and in the back of the book she has all the diseases, so all the emotional states that you can have and the physical problems that manifest from yeah, that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of studies on it now. There is a, a really great documentary called E-Motion and it has a lot of different alternate health practitioners, chiropractors, neuroscientists, 
neuropsychiatrists who were interviewed talking about emotional frequency and how it affects our transmitters and how it affects the way that we receive information and where we store it in our system and how it can then come out as disease. It's fascinating. Yeah. Whoa. So Susie, how did you first figure out that you're an empath? Well, I'll just clarify that I'm more of an intuitive empath than I am a feeling. So I don't really take on the emotions of other people. Whilst I'm in tune with the emotions that those that, that, that the person in front of me is going through, I'm more intuitive about what's happening or what's about to happen or you know, but I'm not sort of I don't I don't really attach myself to those feelings. So I suppose that's taken many years of training. But I think for me it started when when I had a lot of grief in my life many, many years ago and I had to go soul searching. And when you go soul searching, you learn a lot about yourself and you have to go a bit deeper. And I think that's where I discovered that, um, you know, I, I discovered my intuition. And I mean, have you ever, you know, you've heard the expression, trust that gut feeling. Well, that gut feeling is your intuitive, you know, frequency. And, you know, coaching and, and, and helping people and counselling and all that sort of thing over the years. You know, yeah. and, and I guess too, an empath will, will sort of lead into a particular vocation where they really do want to help people um, because they have that, that, that concern and that care for other people. So Yeah. So if someone's an empath and they don't know it, what would be some of the things that they may experience? Most empaths who, well, regardless if they know they're an empath or not, will tend to experience a lot of people will come to them and have deep conversations about everything that's going on in their life like a perfect stranger will come and sit next to you and then just start dumping onto you all of their problems children animals and babies particularly are very attracted to empaths empaths will find that they struggle with a lot of relationships because they tend to people please they avoid conflict they're very bad with boundaries and being assertive and so that can really impact on the relationships you have you tend to attract a lot of people who have difficult personality traits or can be on the other end of the scale and be experiencing narcissistic personality disorder. And so you're constantly having to navigate what's my stuff and what's people around me and then learning what your emotions are, what your issues are and where you're allowing people to walk all over you and that you have to understand you teach people how to treat you. So most empaths, and I've really been guilty of this, people-pleasing, rescuing, avoiding conflict, which is manipulative in a way. It's kind of gaslighting, gaslighting from the other sense of the spectrum with narcissist gaslighting, empaths gaslight by people pleasing not speaking up and making everyone think everything's all right around them in an effort to avoid conflict and then go run and hide but it's not allowing the truth or conflict resolution because the other person doesn't know that you've got a problem because you've not been assertive and expressed it (laughs) (laughs) okay i think you're very in tune with people and what susie's describing is being very in tune with people and seeing people being in tune with them, but empath, like you really physically take it on. I mean, I know if I have clients that have a lot of clearing to do, I've tuned into their energy before they see them. I will get a really upset stomach. If I do house clearings, I'll vomit all day the day before. That's empath. You fully take on that frequency and the energy of yep. what it is that you're going to do. It will affect you. There you go. Not an empath. <laughs> no, it's not a bad no, thing. No, no, no. No, I'm just joking. No, but it's interesting 
because years ago when I went through my marriage separation breakup, I went and saw a counselor, a psychotherapist, because I thought I should. I was like, somebody said to me, you should go see a counselor and just make sure you're okay. So I went and saw, uh, I went and saw a psychotherapist. I had two sessions with her. And she said to me, you know, asked me about my childhood growing up, relationships with family members, um, you know, my mom and, you know, other people and my ex. And she said to me, she put a box of tissues in front of me. And for two sessions, it was like she was trying to make me cry. And I never cried. She would say these things that were almost like just trying to hook me in and make me cry. And I never did. And at the end of the second session, she went, well, you've really built an emotional brick wall around yourself, haven't you? (laughs) And I was like, and she said, that has been, you know, from childhood, that has been your protection. Yeah, it's a trauma response. Yeah, Mm. yeah. She said, that's been your protection is to build this emotional brick wall. And I'm like, see, I really don't cry. (laughs) Yeah, but that's... um, Yes, I guess yeah, maybe I, I'm there. Yeah, yeah, that, that a lot of something. empaths do that. When I was working in the prison system, I hardly cried about anything. I had a really strong wall up. I was horrible. Yeah. I don't even know who that person was anymore because I've done so much work on myself. But lots of empaths will do that as a way of protecting. Most of us are introverted and most of us, like me, <laughs> will just spend most of our time at home and not socialise. It's very heavy energy to mm. be in a room with people. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. And so, Becky, does, does everybody have the the ability or the makeup or the you know the the energy or whatever you want to call it to be an empath? Like, isn't it not all so much necessarily? An empath. Everybody is intuitive. Every single person has psychic abilities, mm. intuition. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yep. We're hooked into the quantum field of consciousness and therefore we all have access to it. And so when you described a gut feeling, what happens is, there's studies on this now, good, I like having the evidence, <laughs> the consciousness comes in through our heart. Our heart has this massive big electromagnetic field that on average most people will measure about three metres in circumference. And that's how we're constantly communicating with everything around us, including mm. people. And then as that information comes in through your heart, it goes down into your gut and then your receptors in your gut start to react. And so we have receptors in our gut that produce dopamine, serotonin, they'll interpret the energy that's going through. So people physically can feel then their gut responding to the information that's coming through. So everyone's like, oh, my gut, I feel it in my gut. And then from there it goes up to your brain and then your brain interprets it again. As a, you know, as a safe experience, as a fight fight or flight and all of that response. So... We, we all have that intuitive thing. It's just now that there's more and more research coming about the quantum field of consciousness, how information is processed through our physical body. Once our energetic body receives it, then it's easier for people then to see that, oh, this is a real thing for me instead of because we've been, you know, brought up to believe this is madness. Mm. There's diagnoses in the DSM-5 for magical thinking and stuff that I would sure be scheduled. Really? Yeah. What's magical thinking? Oh, when people see signs. Like if I was to go and say, oh, I see 1111 everywhere. What does that mean? It means something. There's a sign. Or look, there's a feather. That's a sign. Or there's this. And it's all magical thinking. It's mm. normally. Oh, and that's this, a diagnosis. Mm, yeah, for like, like for yeah, a mental illness. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think we've all got a bit of that. Which I, I totally. I can't <laughs> stop seeing the ones. I 
I see 111, I see 1111 every yeah, so single day. that's very day. common with what's called awakening. Once mm. you start consciously becoming aware that you're a spiritual being and that this kind of is just this 3D game that we're experiencing, that's when you start seeing mm. the 1111. That's then when you like you start paying attention. Oh, wait, mm. there's wait, legit mm. something going on here. Why mm. do I keep seeing it? Mm. We just don't want to see 666. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> just a number <laughs> i did watch damien the omen on halloween <laughs> craig passed up beside me i sat up till like one in the morning watching damien the omen just to get like totally spooky <laughs> so ladies your opinion can you develop empathic abilities or are you born an empath i think it's both if you're born an empath most empaths will have a lot of trauma when they're younger because they're an empath most of us obviously now for children it'll be better because more adults are more knowledgeable about these things and would never put into their kids heads the kind of things that we were told you're too sensitive you're too emotional you're too much you're too loud why are you reacting that way why are you so sensitive why are you crying all the time and I mean, there's something wrong with you because mm. they're experiencing so much that can't be seen around them and then have no way to articulate that because we're taught that it has to be 3D, five senses, otherwise it doesn't exist. And so you can exercise it the more you become aware of who you are and the more research that you do. But I really, really advise people stay away from all of the literature, social media stuff around psychic vampires and all you're so sensitive because people are draining your energy. It's really disempowering. It's not true. It doesn't put any accountability or responsibility on the actual individual empath themselves in making sure that they're looking after their energy and that they're responsible for how they're navigating the world. But it's both. Yeah. I'm always about nature versus nurture. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Susie, so with your intuitive abilities, mm-hmm. that's something you were saying that you've developed. Absolutely. Time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I was going through life a bit unaware. I sort of had this charmed life up until about, I don't know, 31, a bit oblivious to what was going on around me. And because of circumstances, my mother passing away and then going through a separation and divorce, those sorts of triggers and those sorts of traumas in life really do wake you up. And I still say to this day to my now husband, oh, God, I wish I wasn't so awake sometimes because it seems like it's a it's a harder road to take or a harder path to take, you know, but I wouldn't have it any other way because from having those, I guess, developing those skills, your relationships in life are better. You know, they're more enriched and, and life is better. Life is just more more fun and more fulfilled and because you are more, you're walking through life more awake and more aware. And I mean, isn't that what we want right now? Exactly. Don't we want people walking through life more aware of things and, and people and relationships and, and more connection with others? And just getting back to what you said a few minutes ago, Beck, it was really interesting where you talked about empathy and sympathy. And I mean, sympathy is that, oh gosh, I wish I'm, 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 I'm glad I'm not you. Mm-hmm. So it completely completely creates that disconnect straight away whereas empathy builds connection and aren't we all wanting more connection and you know with each other and with the the various you know things that are happening globally we're wanting that that deeper connection yeah the world is in such a divide at the moment it's Mm. very obvious and if we had more empathy for each other we may not agree with what each other believes or thinks or politics or religion or any of that but if we can empathize that we're all human and that we're really not separate and we could really put ourselves in the shoes of another person who's had a very different life or a different privilege from us then 
surely that would bring us all at least a little closer together rather mm. than the yeah. disruption of what's happening this year. Mm. Yeah. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. Now, I've got a question, but before I ask the question, I'm just going to read. I've got this little quiz here, and this is for people who may possibly think that they're an empath, but they're not too sure. So this little quiz is for people to ask yourself, have you ever been labelled as too emotional or, or overly sensitive? Are your feelings easily hurt? Are you emotionally drained by crowds and require time alone to revive? Do your nerves get frayed by noise, smells or excessive talk? Do you prefer taking your own car places so you can leave when you want? <laughs> Do you overeat to cope with emotional stress? Or are you afraid of becoming engulfed in intimate relationships? Now, that's a little quiz there. So my question to you two is that is an empath or being an empath, is that a superpower or a super stressor? Because that little quiz that I was reading, I was like, going, oh, some of that sounds like not that positive. But I want to know as two empaths, what's your take on that? Is it a su- superpower or a super stressor? And Beck just pointed it, it, at it's Susie. It's Susie, <laughs> Susie to answer first. I think over the over the time of my life, given that I'm now in my 50s, I think it was a super stressor for me. Today, it's my superpower. It's my connection to people. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Today, it's my superpower. I didn't realise it. I think many years ago, we would have been called witches. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, my mother was referred to that, you know, a couple of times. And I, and so I come back to that and I think it's just, yeah, I'm using it to my advantage in my life for my needs in, you know, helping that connection with other people and helping them build more of those, you know, those skills and those feelings and those emotions to serve themselves and have a better, better life. Yeah. Intuition is our soul speaking to us and our mm. soul is our higher consciousness. It's the smartest part about us. And ego isn't. Ego is designed to keep us in fear and keep us small, kind of like that nagging parent, like, what are you dye that your hair like that for? What are you driving that for? What are you doing this for? Just constantly nagging at you. And there's a lovely deceased lady now, Dolores Cannon, who called ego Mr. Stupid. And that's basically what ego is. So it's really important mm-hmm. to use your intuition and your soul to navigate your whole entire life because it opens up so much wonder and so much abundance and prosperity and beautiful people and your whole entire life life changes i'm a testament to that my entire life has changed since i decided to listen to my soul more and not that little fearful voice that was constantly putting me in fight or flight but empath is definitely a superpower empaths literally recalibrate the emotional frequency of everyone around them so if they stopped thinking that they're being drained by people around them and poor me i'm too sensitive to be around all these people if you're aware of that and you charge yourself up and you know that you're going to be spending time with people then there are things that you should be doing to become more energized charge yourself up and walk into a place knowing that you're sending out love frequencies and that you're in there to get everybody around you to feel better and feel love and then look after your energy at the same time not to walk around in fear thinking oh i'm gonna get drained and poor me poor me that victim archetype that we've all got screams very loudly in empaths and we're taught that we're victims of being too sensitive we're not it really is a superpower can either of you think of a time like a bit of a spooky time or example where you've really had to tune in or your empathetic self 25 years working in correctional centers and psychiatric hospitals i've got lots of examples (laughs) give us one give us a good one well lots of times talking to murderers and serial killers you'd have to sit there 
and na- yeah, navigate. What are they feeling? How am I feeling? Ten steps ahead. Am I safe in this room? What? How's this outcome going to come out? Like I would have to tune in for, especially for patients, clients who don't care if they hurt anyone because they're never getting out. So there's no consequences for that behavior. So then I would have to sit there because it would just be me and them in a room. There's no offices or anything. It was just the two of us. And so I would have to sit there, tune in. How's this going to go? How should I react? And that's a really strong ability for an empath is to be able to see 10 steps ahead down the road of your interaction with someone. And how are you going to react? How are you going to behave? How are you basically going to manipulate? manipulate the conversation so that you're safe mm. that is a that's a that's a deep one <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not really spooky but that that's part of the superpower i mean most of us grow up with a narcissistic parent and we're designed to like tune into their energy long before they've even set foot in the house it'd be like what are they going to be like when they get home should i be doing this should i go and hide in my room what should i be saying to them and you tuning in before they even walk in the door yeah 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 what about you Susie? can you think of any specific example or time oh. where your empathic self is just boom taking you over or taking you to a taking me over place? the edge yeah <laughs> I think it's been more about an experience that I had, those sorts of things. But this is a story. Um, it goes back to when my mother was um, was dying and she was in the hospice. And, you know, it was only a matter of, of time. And as you know, when someone, you know, is passing, it can take a few hours or a few days. And and mum was getting to that point and we were all in the room with mum. Well, there was a group in the room with, with my then mother, my mother. And we were all standing around and I felt the presence and I could see all these other people in the room. It was crowded. It was just so crowded with all these people. And the people who were in the room were all familiar people who had come to take mum away. I mean, look, believe what you believe, but they yeah. were her family who I've had... I've seen it. I've had patients with me and they've died and I've seen it. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, the room was really crowded and I was getting really quite hot in the room. And I just said, can anyone else see that and feel that and two people in the room said yeah I I can but the majority of people in the room couldn't see it and couldn't feel it and I could feel them come to get like you know I suppose they were just communicating with mum on some level letting her know it was safe it was okay come with us so there were her aunties her mother and all these people who had gone before her see there's your psychic ability you say you don't have anyway (laughs) they came to get her and she had the most peaceful passing and I felt I felt her soul soar to wherever she needed to go next. Yeah. That's beautiful. And thank you for sharing that because there will be people listening Mm. who may possibly have a loved one that's in the process of passing Mm. and go, isn't that beautiful? beautiful? And it's given me comfort for all of those years that I know she's gone somewhere safe wherever that place is. Yeah. Mm. You can ask any nurse or doctor and they'll tell you they've sat with a gazillion patients that have started speaking to people Mm. and saying that they see them right before they cross over. Mm. There used to be this old wives' tale amongst nurses. Can't do it now because you can't open windows in hospital. But if a patient passed over, you would open the window to allow their soul to pass mm. freely. That's, yeah. Wow, that's so lovely. Mm. Yeah. And then there's many nurse call buttons with no patients in that bed where someone's dying. No. And the button goes on and off all the time. No. Yeah. Yes. See, now we're getting spooky. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Okay, so for those that may have answered yes to some of those questions in the in the um, empath quiz, how do you protect yourself from the negative feelings of others if you're an empath? Boundaries, 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 self love. 
Self-love is where boundaries come from. Boundaries are so important. If you're around someone and your energy's not mixing and you know that the combination between the two of you is toxic, then it's it's just best to just cut off relationships like that. It's not saying that they're a bad person or you're a bad person. Your frequencies just don't gel. You're not a good match for each other. And so you should just part ways. I mean, you do it in relationships, marriages, friendships, that sort of thing happens. But there are lots of things that empaths should be doing, like spiritual hygiene, cutting cords, retracting cords so um, if no one's heard of cord cutting there's lots of stuff that you can google there's lots of guided meditations on youtube i have one on golden goddess tv my youtube channel and that teaches you how to cut cords but you have to retract your own cords too it's one thing that impasse oh i cut cords and i still feel really drained i said yeah but your cords are still attached into other people you haven't pulled them back grounding is super important earthing it's called lots of studies around that now just barefoot out on the grass if you're lucky enough like us to live near the beach salt water is an absolute dream to help clear off your energy and if you can't get to the beach you should put salt water in a bath or if you don't have a bath get a bucket and at least put your feet in the bucket with sea salt in the water that's a really important thing and you should do that as often as possible i do it morning and night Mm -hmm. it's really important to do it before you sleep because empaths tend to astral travel a lot and they're asleep super well if they can sleep their sleep is really busy and so they wake up feeling exhausted (laughs) because their soul's been so busy during the night i woke up exhausted this morning do you think that's what happened (laughs) (laughs) so ladies last question for our wonderful session what is the difference between an empath an intuitive and a psychic. It's okay. all tuning into the same energy. It just depends on how you're tuning in. So empaths are like physically and emotionally feeling what other people are feeling and then often getting confused about whether or not it's theirs or someone else's. And intuitive just knows like you've got all their, their clairs, like the clairvoyant where you see things, the clairaudient where you hear things, the claircognizance, which most intuitives are claircognizant. They just know something. They can read someone's energy. They just know how people are feeling but they're not actually feeling it themselves. They can predict things are happening. They're using their experience and their intuition to read what people are thinking, how they're feeling. And then a psychic, most psychics have all their clairs open and empath like me. So see things, hear things. See, I'm just making myself sound mad now. (laughs) Auditory hallucinations, visual hallucinations, magical thinking. (laughs) So Susie, you would be like, a clear cognizant but you've seen things too yes so you say you're not psychic but you are this is why everyone's like i'm not psychic it's a oh, gift and it's not a gift. psychic susie <laughs> everybody's psychic <laughs> and they're not gifts their abilities and their your spiritual health can be exercised just like your physical health can mm. just like we exercise our mental health our spiritual like mind body soul our spiritual health is just a part of our holistic health and if you want to lead a more soulfully led life and be a smarter more in tune person then you need to be exercising your spiritual health as well awesome love that yeah i know when i am meditating regularly i am so much i reckon i'm totes intuitive yeah, no 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 absolutely. but i really do i really do when i'm meditating regularly i just like know things weird things happen i see things but I, it's usually it's when i'm meditating regularly you want to know why why other than the way your brain synapses are working you turn mr stupid off when you're meditating your mm. ego gets so bored that it just stops nattering at you and ego is constantly creating white noise it's either going on and on about the past and you should have said this and you should have done that or it's screaming at you worried about the future and it's never in the present when you're meditating you're really bringing yourself into the present 
present time, which is the only time that really exists. And so ego is like, I'm bored. I'm, mm. I'm going off doing something else. And then all of a sudden your soul's like, quick, she shut up. Mm. Listen, blah, 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 blah. And that's why we all get really good ideas in the shower because it's such a monotonous thing that your ego's so bored. You just, you know, you find yourself in the shower and you've just gone really quiet and you can't think. And then all of a sudden you get a really good idea. That's your soul's like, listen mm. to me now before Mr. Stupid comes back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love so that. Do I. Right? And, and, and when you're meditating, Mel, you're open and you're, yeah. you're, you're receiving you know, because when you're, you know, you're busy or your mind's working and you're thinking about the past or the future and you're not actually slowing down that present, mm. that's when we're open to receiving messages, information, feelings, thoughts and all that sort of thing. Lots so, yeah. of studies on that too. Mm. Yeah. I had a friend over the other night and she brought her 21-year-old daughter with me and she texted me the next morning and said, oh, my daughter saw there was a spirit in your lounge room last night while we were sitting down having wines and stuff. And I was like, again? Really? Oh, yeah, your house. <laughs> and, 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 and I, to be honest, I've been like, I don't know if I want to meditate. I don't know if I want to see or hear that going on. I don't know what to do with that. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm Just don't sit in fear. I, I, would... I, I, I don't feel, I actually don't feel fearful, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to open that door to myself. Mm. I don't think that you're opening a door to spirits that you're in your house if you're meditating. And you can always put yourself in with like a protective bubble. Like if I walk through the hospital or I'm in a crowd, then I'll make sure that I do this like intention setting where I imagine this pink bubble surrounding me and that only love can come in and out of it. And so all my crap stays with me and doesn't get transferred to others and then vice versa. And it's exactly the same with all energy. So if you were to do that to yourself before you meditated, then you'll probably feel safer. But as long as you just keep saying that your house is just for love and love alone and nothing fearful can reside in there, it's a frequency. You push back at fear frequency with love frequency. Do you want to come and check out my house? Sure, I'll do it. Love it. Okay, beautiful ladies, spiritual sisters, how can we find out more about you? So, Susie, if someone wants to get a bit soulful with you, how would um, (laughs) would they find you? They can find me at wellbeingsandco.com.au. Beautiful. Mm. And what about you, Beck? I'm at rebeccagibson.com.au, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-G-I-B-S-O-N. So you can book Beck for psychic readings? Yeah, or you can find me on Facebook where I tend to hang out. I think it's Rebecca Gibson psychic medium beautiful yeah, on Facebook yeah and um, so Susie just once again how what, how can you be of service and and support people with your through your business well it's funny that you say that because I'm currently writing the online module for our for our program our own our online program and I'm up to the module on soul searching how exciting, how well, exciting. I'm, I'm writing one on empath empowerment mm. the evolutionary empath it's called wow so yeah. if you're after a bit of soulful searching you can reach out to Susie <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies, for coming and being part of Hey Soul Sister. Thank you Thank for, you having, for us. having us. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesisterco.com.